saving money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards, we have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Say big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Say big money at Menards. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Scared to death is explicit in every way. Please take care while listening. Whether thou art a ghost that hath come from the earth, or a phantom of night that hath no home, or one that lieth dead in the desert, or a ghost unburied, or a demon, or a ghoul, whatever thou be until thou art removed, thou shalt find here no water to drink. Thou shalt not stretch forth thy hand to our own. Into our house enter thou not. Through our fence break through thou not. We are protected, though we may be frightened. Our life you may not steal, though we may be scared to death. Welcome to Scared to Death, Creeps, Peepers, Roberts, and Annabelles. I'm Dan. Hello, Hot Stuff. I'm Lindsay. Hi, Hot Stuff. A <laughs> uh, couple quick announcements, and we're off and running. For merch this week, a terrifying depiction of a poor soul's face burning alive. Well, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Hard to imagine a more terrifying death than being literally scorched. The new Flaming Face mini collection includes a tea, coffee mug, and a wall canvas for all the creeps. I like it. This one truly looks gross, but in the best of ways. Melting eye sockets, flaming, bubbling skin. Clearly, this person is going through it. Head on over to badmagicmerch.com. Grab your beautifully disgusting merch today. Also, a reminder to submit some photo reviews. We love seeing everyone rocking their STD swag from all over the world. If you want to submit your pick, simply find the product you purchase, scroll to the bottom to share. Currently, there are over 4,500 submissions from Holy all cow. around the globe. I yeah. love it. Uh, you can see all these at the bottom of the merch homepage if you're interested in taking a peek. I, I do like to stalk people there. It's, yeah, it's fun. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, Robert F. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun. Yeah, thanks to everybody who gets those. Can I talk? Yep. Great. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just a reminder uh, about this month's uh, charity. And as always, we are recording in advance, so we will follow up later with a charity donation amount. This month, we are donating to the DNA Doe Project. It's a nonprofit with one simple humanitarian mission to identify John and Jane Doe's using investigative genetic genealogy. So it's a really cool way that they can help give healing to people who have loved ones that have gone missing and are presumably deceased um, to bring some some closure there. Uh, again, donation amount to be determined. And we'll get that to you as soon as we can. If you'd like to learn more about the DNA Doe Project, please visit dnadoeproject.org. All right. That's a mouthful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You, D- did, you did it well. DNA Doe Project. Do you want me to share my previews first today and then you oh, go? Or do you want to go first? No, switch it up. Okay. Okay. Uh, My first story, not from some online posts, at least not one, or from any one article. A few supposedly true modern encounter stories, one in particular, ended up being the sources, plural, for this based on some supposedly true story story. 
The key moments woven into a narrative to make it more than just a collection of scary moments. And I really like it. Okay. Sophie Evans found all this, put it together. She was clearly on the same page as I was last week when it came to worrying about how modern technology and the paranormal can collide. And I don't want to give away any more than that. My second story is a little one, just a peek into the rumors that India's uh, Bangar Fort is not just haunted, but cursed. We'll look at two origin stories for the curse and look at a few claims of paranormal encounters. Okay. That sounds fun. Yeah. Well, this week, my pink Layla and I are going on a journey. I finally got one. That's great. Thanks to Christina and Justin for sending this in along with a beautiful crystal necklace, but mostly. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, okay. Well, I have two stories this week. Also like you, one big story and one little story. Okay. Uh, the little story might be more terrifying than the big story. Oh, yeah. But we'll warm up with a nice long story, a family affair, a group of sightings continually throughout uh, multiple generations. And cool. then the second story, I'm going to tell you a little title, and I'm not going to give you any other context because you're going to be like, what the F? A chicken named Beauty. A chicken named Beauty. Uh-huh. All right. Good luck thinking like what that could be about. <laughs> okay. Uh, you ready now to jump into what? Or actually, you got to get your socks. Whoa. Got to get your socks. Buddy, I feel like you just robbed me of my moment to shine. <laughs> and uh, showcase those those bad boys. You know how sassy I feel today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at these guys. Those are cute. Super fucking awesome. Oh, look, and they kind of like match. Do, 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 I'm super fucking awesome. <laughs> okay. And now are you ready to jump into what I felt was a nice change of pace? Yeah, I'll be quiet now. A story that plays out a bit like a portion of a horror movie that I would like to watch. When some of us think about internet safety, probably one of the first things that comes to mind are those tacky early 2000s PSAs about stranger danger. Outdated advice about how you shouldn't meet people from chat rooms or give anyone any of your personal information, etc. As the internet has grown to be a bigger and bigger part of our lives, a lot of those rules seem to have fallen by the wayside, replaced by other general guidelines. Now, people meet up with strangers every day. Via dating apps like Tinder and Bumble, trusting based on another person's digital footprint that they are who they say they are. Checking someone's Facebook pics or Instagram profile is enough for many to verify that the person who they think they're talking to really is that person. And of course, most of our personal information is now littered across the internet, whether we want it there or not. Our email addresses, sometimes our real addresses, oftentimes telephone numbers and more, all too easily accessible. Might scare more of us, more, uh, yeah, might scare more of us more if it wasn't the norm. These days, most of the rules you hear about the internet involve how to spot scammers sending you dangerous links and emails, or to make sure that minors aren't accessing the loads and loads of stuff online they are probably not ready to see. There are warnings today about how kids, if they get social media too young, can become more anxious, depressed, uh, more prone to peer pressure. Despite these dangers for the most part, the part of the internet that most of us spend a good chunk of time on today seems pretty innocent and mundane. Memes, videos of animals clickbait gossip articles about celebrity drama, and so forth. A bunch of stuff you might click on just because you're bored at work or maybe waiting in line somewhere. How many of us have read an article that we don't even care about simply because it just popped up? Because in an age of ad blockers and increased security, there doesn't seem to be any consequences for aimlessly wandering the digital world, except maybe losing a couple minutes or hours to your phone or computer. But there are sometimes consequences much worse than that. As we've come to know, even the most ordinary seeming stuff, sometimes the most ordinary seeming stuff, can be a disguise for something else that is not ordinary at all. Something that doesn't want you to spend a couple minutes and then go away feeling entertained. Something that figures that the best way to get into your life is the way you would least suspect. Time now for the tale 
of the quiz. Your screen time is up 126% this week, the notification read. Your daily average was 5 hours and 41 minutes. Haley sighed and dismissed the notification, bending over so her coworkers didn't see that she was on her phone. Then she thought that maybe in it, that in and of itself was a sign that she'd been on her phone way too much lately. It hadn't always been this way. As a teenager, Haley had been active and outgoing on the girls' lacrosse team. She'd even gone to nationals. And in college, she'd made fun of all those iPad baby Zoomers who seemed to have panic attacks if whatever social media app of the week was down. She'd always been more comfortable out in the world and making friends and trying to navigate those friendships through a screen where miscommunication seemed rife. Her best friend, Namia, even had to explain what be real was to her. And even now, she still wasn't sure she got it. But then she'd graduated, moved to New York, and was working the first job she'd gotten an interview at. After applying to literally 68 jobs and being straight up ghosted by most of them. Now she was working a desk job at a publishing house, 9 to 5, and when she got home, she was usually too exhausted to do anything but surf the internet. It wasn't like college, where she had a couple of hours of classes and then got to spend the rest of the time with her friends. Now if she wanted to see her friends, she couldn't just walk across the quad. She had to make plans with them, sometimes weeks in advance with how busy everyone's schedules were. For the friends that didn't live in New York, the only interaction she got with them was through each other's Instagram stories, and usually that wasn't more than an idle comment. So cute. Or, when are you coming to visit? Given the amount currently in her bank account, the answer to that question was, well, never. In her bag, her phone buzzed, and momentarily forgetting her promise to herself, Haley dug it out. It was her daily horoscope. Aquarius, don't be so hard on yourself this week. Impulse control has never been your strong suit. But sometimes those impulses lead you to interesting places, even if those interesting places are just in your mind. Or are they? You may feel like you're safe at work, but something could be just around the corner. Haley frowned. The horoscope app she liked was known for giving out some weird ones sometimes. She even stumbled across a thread on Reddit devoted to showing how mean it could be. But something about this one was especially off. It was like it was sensing her thoughts somehow. She had just been mentally berating herself about her phone usage. And interesting places in her mind? What did that mean? And how did the app know that she was at work? Her work monitor now pinged with a message from Slack, but she ignored it. She was still thinking about what she had just read. Maybe whoever wrote the horoscopes, if it was a person and not AI, was having a weird day. Maybe just being cryptic and vague enough to make her think it applied to her. The classic horoscope trick. I mean, the notification had been pushed through at 3.31 on a Tuesday. Who wasn't? at work at that time. Haley? Haley startled. A figure loomed above her, its invisible face due to the shadows, or its face invisible due to the shadows of the overhead lighting. And then she realized it was, of course, her supervisor, Marsha. Slipping her phone under her thigh, she tried to make her face look like the picture of innocence. What's up, Marsha? Can I help you with something? Normally, Haley liked Marsha. She was a good supervisor, didn't micromanage too much, got them all lunch on Friday afternoons, and told them to go early at least a few days a month which meant that the barely concealed expression of irritation on Marsha's face was especially not good. I was wondering if you were going to join us for the meeting today? Marsha smiled, but it didn't reach her eyes. It began at 3.15. I thought you might have had an emergency, so I messaged you on Slack. From the look on Marsha's eyes, the implication was clear. Sitting at your desk on your phone did not qualify as an emergency. Oh my God, I'm so sorry, Haley said. As she stood up, her phone clattered to the ground, landing face up, visibly on her Instagram page. She winced, but tried to make her voice as professional as as possible. I don't know where my head is at today. Ah, It's been sort of a crazy week. I apologize. I'll be right there. 
We're looking forward to it, Marcia said, turning away. Over her shoulder, she added, By the way, if you need time to work on a personal issue, you're welcome to take a personal day. Shit. Shit, 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 shit. There wasn't even time to think about how she'd fucked up. Haley grabbed her bag and ran after Marcia. Two and a half hours later, Haley left work feeling more demoralized than she'd ever thought possible. This is your fault, she thought as she looked at her phone for subway times. But she knew it wasn't her phone's fault. It was her fault, her shitty impulse control, her inability to understand that adults sometimes had to be bored if they wanted to do things like pay their rent and continue to have health insurance. After the meeting, where Haley had sat staring at the table, mumbling her way through a couple of ineffectual comments that mostly restated things her colleagues had already said, Marcia had asked if Haley would step into her office. You're a bright girl, Marcia said. I can see you doing well in the publishing industry. You have a lot of personality. You do good work, but only on the projects you personally like. That won't get you very far. And your personality doesn't make up for it when there are hundreds of people who would gladly take this job. I understand, Haley mumbled, sorry. And then she said something about how her living situation would be kind of tumultuous because your landlord was selling the building, which was true. But when she heard herself saying it, it just sounded like making excuses. From the vacant way that Marcia dismissed her, Haley could tell that she hadn't taken enough responsibility and had lost the chance she'd have to leave the situation with her dignity intact. Great. Fortunately, nobody on the subway cared if you had your dignity, nor anyone at the bodega by her building, where Haley bought two pints of Ben & Jerry's, blowing her snack budget for the rest of the week. From now on, Haley promised herself in the elevator she would eat almonds and lock her phone in her desk, and she would pay attention in all of her meetings. She would lose herself in work. She would... Her apartment door swung open, and she continued her pump-up speech as she made her way into the kitchen. Wait... What the fuck? In her kitchen, Haley realized she hadn't unlocked her door. It had been unlocked already. Her keys were still in her bag. What the hell? She whispered to herself. She didn't live with roommates. Her parents actually still paid half her rent. Another point for being a total adult failure. And she could have sworn that she locked the door. But maybe she hadn't? Maybe she'd been, been looking at her phone? That didn't solve the immediate issue, however. What if someone was in her apartment? It was just a few tiny rooms, but still, Haley now crept carefully from the kitchen to her bedroom. The closet door was slightly ajar, but everything in it was normal. Just her clothes and a couple of suitcases. In the bathroom, everything was as she'd left it. She thought. She couldn't actually remember. But the shower curtain fluttered slightly, and Haley held her breath. Three, two, one. She counted down silently, and then flung it open. Haley almost screamed, but it was just the phone in her bag in the kitchen. Shaking her head at herself, she flipped on all the lights as she went to retrieve it. Namia was FaceTiming her, and she answered. Jesus, Nam, you scared the shit out of me, she said. Are you that much of a recluse that you can't even answer a phone these days? Namia teased her lightly. Where Namia was in San Francisco looked amazing. Her gorgeous floor-to-ceiling windows looking out on rolling hills dotted with charming Victorian houses. When Namia saw that Haley was not smiling, she dropped it. Seriously, what happened? What's going on? Haley filled her in about her weird day. The stuff with her boss, coming home to her apartment to find the door unlocked. She left out the part about the horoscope. It sounded silly when she thought of it now, even though the thought still nagged in the back of her mind. Maybe I should go off the grid, she joked, knowing that it wasn't possible. She needed her phone. Everyone did these days. Namia shook her head. You better not, she threatened and teased. Otherwise, I'm going to have to leave this lovely view to come find you in the woods and drag you back to society to be miserable with the rest of us. Haley smiled. By the time she got off the phone with Namia a good hour later, the sun already setting, she was feeling a little bit better. Namia sweetly was doing everything she could to make Haley's day better. Haley turned down her offer of having dinner delivered to her house just because she knew she couldn't do anything like that for Namia anytime soon in return and she didn't want to feel guilty. 
So Namiya kept texting her things to do to take her mind off stuff. Ooh, I hear the season three of Love is Blind is out. Could be fun, Haley texted back, digging her spoon into the first pint of Ben and Jerry's. Could also be insanely depressing. Okay, wait, Namiya replied. You remember those quizzes we used to take in psych when we were super bored? Like which Disney princess are you? Or which tree are you or whatever? We should do, this, do some of those for old time's sake. See who can find the absolute stupidest quiz. Haley smiled to herself. Challenge accepted. She wrote back. Her day of no phone outside of work necessities would start tomorrow, she promised herself. For the next half hour, they volleyed quizzes back and forth. Namia found a what household cleaning product are you quiz that Haley was pretty sure was a total product placement. Namia said she was salty because she got dishwater, dishwasher tablets. Haley found which one-term president are you and redeemed herself by getting Gerald Ford, who they both agreed was kind of sexy when he was younger. But then Namia went up to her again with an even dumber quiz. What sodium compound are you? <laughs> After a good laugh, Haley decided to find one more quiz before calling it a night. It had been fun and she wanted a bit more fun. She skipped the first 10 or so pages of results, dove into a list of links that mostly weren't even in English. Then she spotted one that caught her eye for whatever reason. The link wasn't in a language she knew. The page was just a blank screen with black words and Arial written in the middle. The quiz. What is this? LOL. Namia texted back. Is it a quiz that tells you what kind of quiz you are? I'd IDK, but it looks ridiculous, Haley wrote. I'm going to see what I get. The first question was simple. What is your favorite animal? Haley selected cat from the list. Then the next question appeared on the screen. Which is your favorite season? Easy. Summer. The next questions were similarly mundane. What her favorite pizza toppings were, if she preferred modern or classical architecture, what her favorite flavor of ice cream was. Then... It was over. The page didn't move to the next question. Haley guessed whoever had designed it simply forgot to write an ending or abandoned their project halfway through. Well, that was dumb, Haley thought. She was used to these online quizzes being a waste of time, but at least they actually gave you a result at the end. And she was about to text Namia not to bother with the rest of it. And then the screen changed. Proceed to the following questions. Then the first of those questions popped up. Do you believe in spirits? Haley wrinkled her nose. Whatever she'd expected from this quiz, this was not it. Maybe she'd accidentally stumbled upon some edgy teen dark quiz or some kind of prank. Or maybe whoever had created this quiz had tried to make it unique from the thousands, maybe millions, of other mindless quizzes littering the internet. And Haley was willing to admit that she believed in something. She wasn't sure if it was ghosts exactly, but she had been in places where there was a weird energy. Once on a school field trip to an old battleground, she felt some unusually cold pockets of air. And sometimes she had had what she always tried to write off as random intrusive thoughts when she was in a new place. Thoughts that said stuff like, something bad happened here. Maybe that counted as believing in spirits? Yes, she pressed. The next question popped up. Have you ever attended a seance? At that one, she almost laughed. When she was in eighth grade, her and her friends had a sleepover where they'd found a Ouija board. Or more specifically, where her friend's older brother had conveniently laid a Ouija board out for them to try and then proceeded to terrorize them for the rest of the night by moaning into the air vents, scratching on the window, and even pounding on the door. No, she pressed. Instead of a question, the next sentence that popped up was a statement. Don't lie to me, Haley. Haley blinked. For a moment, she thought that maybe she'd put her name in to take the quiz, and then remembered that that had not been an option. How did it know her name? Goosebumps stood up on the back of her neck. Suddenly, her apartment, which always seemed so cozy to her, a spot to retreat to in a bustling city of millions and millions of people, made her feel isolated, up on a high floor where she didn't know any of her neighbors and nobody would know if she disappeared. 
she blinked and remembered that she was just looking at her phone. That she was only sharing silly quizzes with her good friend Namia. She was safe. This was her apartment. Probably the quiz had been created by some trickster that had got her name from some account she didn't even know she'd linked. People's digital footprints were all over the place these days. And now, more than anything, she wanted to know what the hell was up with this quiz. Yes, she answered to the question about seances. Maybe answering yes was a precursor to getting the next question. More like a video game than a quiz. She had almost convinced herself that she was having fun, like the quiz version of an escape room, when the next question popped up. Did you think that was a smart idea? Now Haley was angry. She was more convinced than ever that someone was playing a shitty prank on her. Maybe someone had even hacked her phone to see through her camera, and they were watching her reactions right now. Hey, fucker, she said out loud. Is this funny to you? Are you some kind of sad, pathetic tech genius who harasses other people for fun? I'm not a tech genius, Haley, the response now said. Finally, she felt vindicated. Someone had to be messing with her. It was just her luck getting pranked on what was becoming one of the worst days of her life. So what are you then? She said, unable to keep the note of triumph out of her voice. A hacker? Are you with Anonymous or some other collective? A collective for total, complete losers? For a moment, the screen was blank. Maybe she had scared him off, she thought. And then the words appeared. I'm you, Haley. Or I'm going to be. Once I learn enough about you. And you make that so easy, don't you? At that point, Haley powered off her phone without even saying goodnight to Narnia. She was spooked. She didn't know what else to do, and she shuddered. She put her phone away. At least with her phone powered down and in a drawer, there was less chance of whoever was on the other end of being able to keep spying on her. She double-checked the locks on her door, made sure all her blinds were completely closed, turned off most of the lights so no one could see her silhouette or anything. She checked her peephole several times, looking out into the hallway. Who was spying on her? She asked herself. No one, maybe no one, not in any real way. She told herself it was probably someone on the other side of the world. Some loser who did this to dozens of people a day, if not more. She had fallen victim to some weird prank or scam, and they were just trying to scare her into thinking they had control over her. If this had happened to a friend, she would just tell them to tell those pricks to go fuck off. And that's what she told herself. And she felt a bit better, just for a moment. But then she started to think about the weird questions they'd asked and strange things they'd said. How was asking her about a seance part of a scam? Why did they say they were going to be her? She started to worry and have thoughts she hoped were just paranoid, intrusive thoughts. What if there was something else on the other end of the quiz she'd just taken that wasn't human? Or she remembered her stomach turning anxiously, wasn't human yet? The next day, she was lucky enough to wake up in time for work since she didn't have an alarm. Or maybe she'd been up the whole night. She didn't know. She'd never felt like she really had fallen asleep. Her mind had never completely let go of that quiz, never stopped trying to figure out what it meant. I'm you, Haley. In a fog, she got her stuff together for work. Outside on the street, she saw on a digital billboard that it was a quarter until seven. Too early to show up to the office. But what other choice did she have? She squinted at the screen that showed train times. Q train in. Hello, Haley. Haley blinked. Where she just thought it said, hello, Haley, now it said six minutes. Had she actually seen her name? Was she going crazy? She was so tired. As she made her way to Midtown, she avoided screens. Her own phone was in her bag, still turned off. But couldn't phones still track your location when they were off? Did this thing even need to track her location digitally? Or could it just sense her out there in the world like a predator senses its prey? She got to her office just as the janitor was opening the doors for the morning. Saying a hurried hello, she scampered upstairs and over to her desk. And immediately, she unplugged her computer monitor. She felt like she was going to have a panic attack. And then she just sat there, afraid to turn on the computer she stared blankly at. Maybe, she thought crazily, people at her office were playing a prank on her. They had seen how distracted she had been recently and were trying to jolt her back to real life and teach her a lesson about using her phone too much. Haley? 
With a start, Haley jerked her head up. Marsha peered at her worriedly. Her hair was damp and she was in workout clothes, a tote bag on her shoulder. I was just passing by to pick up some papers before I head home to change. Are you okay? I'm fine, Haley said breathlessly. I just decided to come in a little early and get some work done, that's all. Right, Marsha trailed off, but your computer isn't on. Haley tried to think of a good reason for that, but Marsha's stare was so penetrating that she floundered. She couldn't tell Marsha what had happened to her last night. Marsha would think she was insane, or that all those hours on her phone had truly rotted her brain. Or worse, she'd laugh at her, tell her she certainly wasn't cut out to be a publisher. But Marsha was staring at her with an expression of genuine concern. Look, Haley, if this is about what I said yesterday, well, I was having an off day too. One of my clients is a total... Well, anyway, that was unfair of me. I'm sorry. Then she glanced down at the floor and laughed a little. And I certainly didn't mean to institute a total technology ban, so there's no reason to unplug your monitor. No, Haley blurted. There's... There is... But she stopped herself. Marsha's amused look turned back to concern now. Haley, she sighed. Maybe you should take a couple days off. I'm not being a jerk when I say this. Maybe publishing is too stressful for you. You know what? I'm mandating you take a couple days off. Do some soul searching. Think about if this is really the right choice for you right now. Marsha walked away and Haley stared after her. Her entire body felt numb. And one day, she had managed to basically lose the job she'd studied for years to get. The job she'd moved to New York for. She wanted to break down and cry. Instead, she got mad. Downstairs in the lobby, she turned on her phone and spoke into it, not caring if she looked crazy to any possible co-workers walking by. You want to take everything from me, asshole? She said, go ahead. I am literally just trying to live the most basic form of an adult life, but I am not fucking weak. You can write whatever you want on your little screens because you don't have the balls to come for me in real life. Whatever you are, whatever pit you live in, you're a bitch. You know where to find me if you want to fucking fight. She stared at her phone, pulled back up the quiz website after she reopened her, reopened her web browser. Nothing appeared on the screen, though. Had she hallucinated that entire thing? Was she hallucinating right now? She started heading home. Moving through the streets felt real. She stared at screens, waiting for them to flash her name, but they only showed the expected advertisements and train times. That was good. The seat under her on the subway felt real. So did the strain in her legs when she walked up the hill to her apartment. In the lobby of the building, she stopped. She had told whatever it was to come meet her. Was that a good idea? Was that as good as an invitation? Invitation? Did these things need to be invited into your life, or did they just appear? Did this thing come from the time she tried the Ouija board, or another time? A drunken time in college, maybe? How long had it been following her? When would it end? Slowly, she climbed the stairs to her apartment, feeling more and more sure whatever it was, this all ended now. When she got to her apartment door, she wasn't surprised to see it open. She felt so defeated, more defeated than scared even. Hello? She called, her voice flat, as she stood in the doorway. Who's there? Haley! Suddenly, Haley was tackled by what seemed like a mass of curly, dark hair. It was Namia. Namia's smell and cheerful exuberance, her chirpy way of talking. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to scare you, she said. Actually, you're the one that scared me. When you didn't reply to my messages last night, I started to get so worried because you'd had such a hard day, and I, and I guess I convinced myself. She shook her head. Anyway, I hopped on the first plane this morning to get here. Haley nodded. Oh my God, Nam. That is too much. That is way too much. I'm um, okay. I, I think... I've just had a couple of really weird days. Naomi made a sympathetic face, beckoning her inside. Well, get in here and tell me all about them. I brought lunch. Did you know that most of your fridge is devoted to cheese? Haley laughed, and as she stepped inside, Nami grinned at her. Things were going to be okay, she told herself. She already felt more like herself. A couple days with Nami would bring her back to Earth, and then she could go on being an adult. How lucky was she to have such an incredibly caring friend? She couldn't be a total loser if she had that, could she? 
Ah, I was so worried. Namia said, I'm like still worried. Can I have another hug? Of course, Haley said and closed her eyes as Namia pulled her in close and squeezed her tight. Really tight. Too tight. Her friend was hurting her. Through the tickle of Namia's hair, Haley heard her friend whisper in a low voice that was not her own. Namia kept playing the quiz last night. It was so easy to enter her, to be her. Then she heard her front door slam shut and lock itself behind her. She wanted to scream but couldn't. Her breath had been squeezed out of her lungs and the room around her started to fade to black. That's it? That's it. God damn it, Sophie. <laughs> no! Uh, but you know what's funny is I just mm. started, I was like, is it really Namia? Mm-hmm. Can I tell you one funny thing you yeah. did while you were telling that story? Yes, yes, what did I do? You called Namia Narnia. I called her Narnia? Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilaria. What are you, Alec Baldwin's wife? <laughs> <laughs> Narnia. Well, Narnia, Namia, they're pretty It was close. just one time, and you were just like so deep in it that I just was like, oh no. It's pretty funny. See if anybody else notices. <laughs> I'm, sure every, I'm sure a lot of people will. Great. Oh, so great. That's a great story. Yeah, I said it was like a little change of pace, and I just liked it. I, just, I got um, chills very, yeah, very, many, many times. I, I, feel like it, I feel like it's a lingerer. It's like it didn't have like a ton of like big, crazy moments, but just the whole tone of it. Um, Were you so sad I didn't jump at the FaceTime sound? Yeah, we tried to like crank the volume, but we couldn't get it. No, it's, it's not a, a sound that makes a... It's not a scary sound. I know, but the, and, and we had a talk before the uh, recording. Yeah. If I should just do a different sound that's more abrupt. Yeah. But then it wouldn't read true to FaceTime, so there was a whole debate. Well, um, okay, well, fans write in or comment on Instagram or TikTok and let us know like if it... Yeah. You know, made you jump. Yeah, Cause maybe because maybe with headphones on or in a car when you're distracted yeah. by other things around you, it might. And I'll also add some stuff in post too, so maybe some low end. So uh, Ooh. I'll try to make it bum, bum, a bum. little creepier than what it was on the okay. recording. Yeah, and, and I and I can just ask the fans too. Like in a situation like that, I'm always torn. Where do I stick to the truth of how the actual FaceTime you know ringer would sound? Yeah. Or should I deviate in a moment like that and just be like, ring, ring, like do something like louder, more shocking to get a better jump scare? Mm, mm-hmm. What's what's better, authenticity that way or sacrificing some authenticity for jump scares? Okay, well, you guys can write to us and let us know. Uh, I was taking the quiz simultaneously. Ah, you were? I can't help myself. I love those things. Hilarious. Just, I've like, never done such them. such a stupid distraction. Like, uh, like if, uh, well, if, okay. When I was a teenager and like uh, like tween, you know, there were yeah. all these magazines geared towards girls, like uh-huh. Bop and just like all these things. Uh, yeah, and they all had they all were loaded with like so many quizzes. Oh, because that thing was foreign to me. Because I I don't know that I've ever taken an online quiz. Like yeah, that. I don't know that I've taken one in the last like ten years. But yeah, yeah I know exactly what they're talking about. That and then like uh, it is it does fall into that sort of like phony horoscope kind of place yeah. of just like, well, if you're these things and you're them, da, da, da. like mm-hmm. that's not how astrology works yeah, yeah, at yeah. all. But uh, but yeah, they, they can just be like silly and fun. So what were your answers? Well, what's my favorite animal? A uh, dog. Wrong. What is it? Zebra. Oh yeah, it's been so long since you told me that. You told me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's my favorite season? Uh, you like fall. Correct. Uh, I'm, I'm giving you points. Okay. Uh, oh shoot, I forget what the next question was. Uh, cause I wrote none. Hmm. I don't know what the third question was. Classical or modern architecture? I think you would like modern. Wrong. Classical. Really? More than, but you, you like so many modern, like clean, sleek things. For our house, but as like an, oh. as a study, I prefer classical architecture. Okay. What, what's my favorite ice cream flavor? Hmm. Favorite ice cream flavor? 
Is it like Ben and Jerry's fish food? Ew, no. I mean, chocolate? I'm, mint chocolate chip is my favorite ice cream. Mint chocolate chip. But Ben and Jerry's, that's Cherry, cherry Garcia. Cherry Garcia. Oh, man. You guys, this guy doesn't know me. <laughs> we, would, we would not win the Newlywed game. Oh, no. Do I believe in spirits? Yes. Have I ever performed a seance or been a part of a seance? No. Well, so, okay, I was confused on that question because she says no. Well, but you have played with the Ouija board, so yeah. I guess technically you have. I know. I know. I think of a seance. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it could just be that. I think of like people sitting around the table and somebody with their eyes rolling back in their head, but I know it's not that dramatic. It's not. It's Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next question before it goes off the rails is, is it, was that a good idea? I'm like, no, it's not a good idea. <laughs> okay, Dan. Yeah. What's your favorite animal? Uh, favorite animal? I mean, probably these dogs. Great. That's what I wrote. What's your favorite season? Spring. Oh. Or summer. So I like spring because I get to look forward to summer. I mm. mean, summer's my favorite, but like... You don't even know your favorite. I know. What's your favorite season? Spring. Well, no, summer. I know it's tough. It's like, I would say, if I had to be really technical... Pick a month. <laughs> June. <laughs> so that's summer. Yeah, summer. You yeah. like to be hot. Yeah. I don't know what that third question was. Classic or modern architecture? I don't know. But see, I, for like living, modern. Yeah. But for study, classic. I didn't think of that differential like that. Yeah, what a copycat. Uh, what's your favorite ice cream flavor mm, or favorite ice cream? Maybe my favorite. Well, I, I like chocolate. I like I like vanilla with some chocolate syrup. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Yeah. Look how well I know you. I, know you, I will say in life in general, you pay more attention to like those type of details to mm -hmm. everyone around you. Yeah, because it's important because it makes them who they are. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's Me, okay. Kyler and I are both the same that way. We would both fail miserably on those things. But Kyler has really sweet moments. Like I remember uh, one year, I don't know if it was Mother's Day or Christmas, like he bought me a subscription to Pure Vita bracelets. And I was like, mm -hmm. wow, okay. I told him to do that. Uh, oh, well, you both have it in you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have photos? Um, well, I yes. guess probably not. Oh, you do. Okay. Just kidding. Yes. Well, I, I, no, nothing associated with this story, but I just, I was searching for online paranormal horror just to see what came up. And I found these, this series of old photos. That's cool. Mm -hmm. This was like um, in the like 1860s, 1870s when these were taken. And they called it like, like spirit photography. And here's, a, here's, here's another one. The ghost seems happier in this next one. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the guy behind the little ghost. That's so weird. Mm -hmm. And then one more. Not as good, but still, I bet this, you know, there's like grandma's face, you know, hovering there. That's silly. I bet these pictures blew people's minds back in the 1860s and oh, 70s. Oh, yeah. Like, how did you get another face in there? That yeah. was like the uh, intro to Photoshop, really. Right, yeah. right. You're playing with double exposure there. Okay. Yep. Double exposure. I couldn't think of what they called that when they did these did these kind of photos. But there's What's wrong with so the, many more. the dude's face? Yeah, he doesn't seem- He looks well, drunk? A lot of people didn't smile back then. He just looks drunk. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. All right. That's all I got for those. Have you watched Love is Blind? Nope. God, it is the best trashy TV ever. The first season, Jessica, Jessica the Messica, it was fantastic. Is that what you call her? Is that what a lot of oh, people call her? Oh, that's what everybody called her. Okay. Kate, she, Kate was freaking out just the other night with that where <laughs> Netflix went down. Did you see oh, that? No, uh -huh. oh, no. Oh, they did. Yeah, it was a big thing. They did a live, they were trying live streaming for the first time for this Love oh. is Blind reunion. And it cr their servers crashed. So <laughs> many people started to watch it crashed yep. their servers. So they it oh was God. technically a failure. They had to delay it by like an hour. Oh wow! Yeah, it's literally the dumbest show I've ever seen in my life. It's <sighs> so stupid. It's so stupid. But it's like uh, they only do it for straight couples so far. I don't know if they're considering dipping their toes into other waters. But currently, yeah. it's like the boys live on this side, the girls live on this side. You go into these pods where everything else is like soundproofed out, and you can only hear 
the voice of the person on the other side. And so you just are having conversations. So you don't have any visuals. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the rules are. Like, I don't know if you're allowed to describe how you look. I don't, they don't show that, but probably not. And then, you know, it doesn't last for very long the way it appears on the TV show. And then at the end, like the guy, if he really thinks that like love is blind, he really loves this person. He proposes. So they propose sight unseen. I hate this premise. It's so trashy and terrible and awful. <laughs> I know. To and me, also to me, amazing. To me, it just flies in the face of nature. It's like, that should be a show of like how to find, like instead of like love is blind, like friendship is blind. Like <laughs> that's how you find like a good friend. Well, some people get married and some people it's like really worked. They stay married. Huh. Some people it does not. Are, you know what okay, I think? Are, okay, go ahead. Are the people just, do they put them though in a similar attractiveness range? No. Really? I mean, everyone on the show is attractive. Well, there you go. There you go. But they're if, not if, like, so I not wouldn't like, say they're all equally matched. Okay. So it's not like someone went to Cracker Barrel and just the first fucking 20 people they saw, they're going to throw those in the Love is How Blind dare pool. You? I fucking Hillbilly love. or Love is Blind would be <laughs> great to watch. <laughs> How dare both of you? One, I fucking yeah. love a Cracker Barrel cheesy potato. But, but. And, I could and be and one I'm, of those 20 people. I, I, I could be one of those 20 people and I'm not a model. And neither are the fucking other 19 people with me at that time <sighs> in Cracker Barrel. Oh my gosh. Um, well, it's a really ridiculous show. Yeah. And then just really quickly, uh, since this started with like, you know, social media and how much time we spend on our phones, yeah. there is a horrific, I'm just saying this for all the parents listening who have children on TikTok, yeah. there is a horrific TikTok challenge going around right now, the Benadryl challenge. Oh, you, that sounds bad. Oh yeah. Like a 13 year old just died from it. It's like, take as many Benadryl as you can, because you know, if you take enough, it'll make you hallucinate. And this poor kid just passed away. And it's just like, it's so sad. So just, I mean, we all know. Hey kids, you can't OD on shrooms. You can't. <laughs> hey, this, that's not what this message is about. Oh, okay. Okay. This is but, for, but, but, th- but it, but it annoys me. Okay. This is, this is not about that. It's not about like whether drugs are good or bad. It's just like social media. I think yeah. as parents, we all are aware that it's really challenging. It's really difficult to monitor it and to keep it under control other than just like completely keeping our kids off of it, yeah. which isn't going to happen for most teenagers. And like, I don't even fucking get how TikTok works. So I don't even know that I could go on TikTok right now and find the Benadryl challenge. I'm yeah, not, hashtag. I'm not proficient enough in social media. So I'm just saying this as a warning to all parents, yeah. like if I don't have the time, I'm sure you don't have the time. And we're all trying to have these good conversations with our kids and make them yeah. aware. So just, I don't know, fucking get the Benadryl out of your house. I don't even know what to tell you, but just uh, oh, that's so scary. parent to parent, just an awareness thing. Cause I just read about it and I was like, yeah. what the? You are not supposed to hallucinate on Benadryl. Oh, I take one and it makes me hallucinate. I cannot yeah. take it. Yeah. Ichiwawa. Ah, Ichiwawa. Uh, you ready to leave uh, one of those dreaded cliffhangers that will never be resolved and move on to a story that has a bit more of an ending? I want to take a ton of quizzes today. All right. All right. Off to India we go after a word from our sponsors. What is the most basic gift you have ever given the moms in your life for Mother's Day? Flowers, a candle, some random knickknack you picked up at the last minute because you completely spaced Mother's Day? I have definitely made the mistake of procrastinating gifts for Mother's Day. And then, like the Friday before, I run to whatever store is open and convince myself that, yes, yes, my mom does need another coffee mug that declares she's the world's (laughs) best. So lame. This year, how about one-upping yourself by giving the moms in your life an Aura picture frame? Named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to any mom at any age. Aura frames connect easily to Wi-Fi and have unlimited storage so you can share as many pictures as you want. This year, as many of you know, I am on a spending freeze, but one of my carve-outs was meaningful gifts for the people I love. I don't want to give all of the moms in our lives something that won't bring them joy. We are giving Aura frames to the moms in our world because they are timeless, heartwarming gifts. 
Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code SCARED at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What are the things that weigh you down on a day-to-day basis? What kind of stress are you holding on to? Do you spend much of your day going over things in your brain over and over until they are so distracting it affects your mental health? Well, don't worry. You're not alone. We all carry different stressors, some big, some small. When we keep things bottled up, the results can be negative. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest without fear or judgment. It's a place to work through what is heavy on your mind and heart so that you can feel lighter and happier. I'm always holding on to something. It's the way my anxious brain works. I'm continually worried that I've done something wrong, that I've hurt the feelings of someone I love, and that I have let someone down. I'm stressed that I'm not being a good enough mom or wife. I panic that our life will implode at any given moment and it'll all be my fault. Thankfully, I have an amazing therapist who helps me talk through each of these scenarios. After each and every appointment, I feel lighter, happier, and more capable of showing up as my most authentic self. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash scared to death today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scared to death. Summer is just around the corner. Who's excited? I know I am. With the warmer, sunnier days calling your name, the last place you're going to want to be is in your kitchen, cooking and meal prepping. Make your life easier with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Factors Never Frozen, Always Fresh Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Think of all the extra time you will get outside in the summer sun when you aren't wasting hours in the kitchen. I think I speak for everyone when I say that the summer is the busiest time of the year. We are all trying to cram in as many things as possible, from concerts to vacations and everything in between. With Kyler home from college and Monroe on her break too, I want to spend as much time as possible with them. And while I truly love to cook, the summer is the one time of year that I'm the least interested in doing that for three meals a day. So I lean on Factor to help keep me healthy and in step with my diet. I'm obsessed with the honey yogurt pancakes for breakfast, the pork El Pastor for lunch, and the cilantro lime barramundi for dinner. So easy and saves me so much time. Head to factormeals.com slash scared to death 50 and use code scared to death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code scared to death 50 at factormeals.com slash scared to death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Thanks for listening to those sponsored deals, creeps and peepers. Been a while since we've been to India. I want to go there so bad. I know. Yeah, me too. Uh, And now visiting for, for long today. Quick mix of history and paranormal lore. Bangar Fort is a 16th century fort located in the state of Rajasthan in northern India. The fort was built to be a palatial residence and surrounding fortified village for the son of an emperor. It sits at the bottom of a small mountain range in a remote area. The four gates and temples at the main entrance are still standing, as are many of the other structures, such as the priest's residence, so-called dancer's palace, marketplace, many temples, and more. The royal palace itself is located at the far end of the fort. At one point, the palace and its surrounding township were protected by three fortifications and five gates. There were over 9,000 houses here in 1720 before the fort's population started to rapidly decline. Now there is no one. No one living, at least. Time now for the tale of India's haunted Bangar Fort. Bangar Fort is considered to be one of the most haunted places in India. Some think the entire area is cursed 
No new homes or businesses have been built near the fort in the past few centuries. Too many people believe in the curse. The fort is closed at night officially for archaeological preservation, but a lot of locals believe the true reason is because the spirits that begin is because of the spirits that begin to roam after the sun has gone down. Many of those who have dared to get close to the fort at night have reported strange noises that can't be explained by the wind or wild animals. Some people who have ventured over to the fort at night to investigate have disappeared, such as two boys a few years ago. They told their friends they were going to stay the night inside the old fort, just to prove that all the haunted rumors were nothing more than superstition, and then they were never seen again. There was another story of three daredevils who decided to stay inside the fort after sundown. One of the men fell into an old well, was badly injured. He was rescued by his friends, but then as they were driving him to the hospital, all three died in a car accident. Numerous other nightly visitors have claimed to see several shadowy apparitions walking around the ruins. Or they've reported hearing the sounds of music and dancing coming from inside the fort, even though after exploration, they were certain that they were the only people on the grounds. A group of tourists once bribed a keeper to let them in after dark. The keeper took the bribe, but warned the group that they weren't safe. The explorers soon saw a little boy sitting alone inside one of the fort's rooms, a room with no accessible doors or windows. One of the tour climbed up into the room with great difficulty to investigate, and the boy had vanished. But something was still in the room, something back in the shadows that scared him bad enough to quickly scramble back down, nearly falling and killing himself in the process. Even when exploring the fort during the day, a lot of visitors have reported a sense of being followed, feelings of overwhelming dread and despair. So how did this fort become cursed? There are two main legends surrounding the origins of this supposed curse. The first claims that a holy man lived on top of the hill near where the fort was to be built. The emperor asked for the man's blessing to build there for his son, and he gave it on one condition. All he asked was that no shadow ever fall over his home. The agreement was respected for many years, but then eventually one of the son's successors added towers that cast a shadow over what was once the holy man's home. And now the fort and surrounding area became home to tragedy and dark spirits. The other legend claims that a priest who practiced black magic fell in love with the princess who lived in the fort's palace, an exceptionally beautiful princess adored by many. The priest knew that he couldn't compete with all of her other suitors, so he attempted to use a love potion to charm her into being his. When the princess discovered his plan, she had the priest killed for his treachery. And then before he died, he cursed the princess, her family, and the entire village around the fort. Soon after he was executed, there was a great battle, and the princess, her family, and most of her army died. The village was destroyed, and the land has allegedly been cursed ever since. Is there any truth to these stories, or are they just folklore? Cursed or not, something happened that turned this area from a busy and bustling place to a complete ghost town. And cursed or not, many people in India and around the world continue to believe that Bangar Fort is truly haunted, a place only the foolish venture into at night. Okay. That's it. Just a little one. Little baby. Mm-hmm, I got some cool pictures. Okay, show me. This first one is the uh, the front gate and the ruins of the royal palace in wow. the old fort. Yeah, really cool. Oh, so pretty. Mm-hmm. Take ne- me there. Next one is a uh, view of the fortified village below the palace. Damn. So okay, green. this is not what I thought it was going to look like. Mm-hmm. Like when you think of India, you just only. I mean, me, anyways. I just think of like. The bustling city and yeah. the dry, deserty. Yeah, but there's so much diversity there, mm-hmm. like, you know, ecologically too. Yeah, mm-hmm. just like huge rural areas. Um, this next one, uh, ruins of the 
Gopinath Temple inside the fort. Holy really, Hades. Really well preserved. Man. And then finally, uh, a picture from inside the palace from an area not as well preserved. Uh, how creepy would it be to explore these dark ruins at night? Yeah, no way. No, thank you. Yeah, India has so many uh, cool, uh, uh, just beautiful places. Palaces, yeah, very modern, mega, you know, megalopolises, megalopolises. That's a hard word. Uh-huh, but then also like, you know, crazy slums. I mean, there's just yeah. uh, so much good and so much bad and just so many people. I mean, so, yeah, and it's a very so big nation. many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got hammered with COVID. Oof, mm-hmm. oof. I think just because of so many of those places are they're very crowded. Uh huh. And so much squalor in so many places. Yeah. Like didn't have the medical infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It's really sad, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to go for holy. Yeah, that, that's with all the colors, right? Like it's some festival. Colors. Yeah. I'm gonna be participating in an Indian wedding in two weeks. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, they're really cool. Yeah, you'll my, love uh, it. My new brother-in-law is uh, from India. Yeah, that's exciting. To uh, man, I uh, would want to pick his brain about like where he grew up and uh, you know what his life was like over there. What brought him here? All, man, I wouldn't be able to help myself. All those questions. <laughs> I know. I tried. My childhood best friend married into an Indian family, and the like the the number one thing that I loved immediately was like they just revere women. Mm. So like have such deep love and respect for them. And just like, there's a lot of like honoring women in that culture. So. There are so many cool traditions that Kate, uh, <laughs> being in the bridal party. Yeah. Which, uh, we're, we're both excited to see just kind of what that whole cultural experience is going to be like. That's yeah, awesome. It's really fun. You'll love it. All right, Daniel boy. Are you ready? I am. Do you want to use my pink Layla? She's, sure. She's really special. Okay. She doesn't smell. Okay. Okay. Be gentle. Okay. No ripping off arms or heads. Okay, I won't. Because I like I begged for this pink Layla. True. I'll be careful. I'll just I'll just squeeze the top so I don't like smash her upper body. I know. Yeah. I do understand it though. That's the first time I've uh held onto a Layla, I think, a whole show. Mm-hmm. And she's very comforting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like our Layla army is back. <laughs> yeah. And and I like that we have a big crochet la and a little crochet la. Mm-hmm. I think the little ones were the ones that were available in the store for a while. I don't think they're there anymore. So cute. All right. Ready, spaghetti? I'm ready. All right. Let's go explore a family haunting. Okay. Hey, Dan and Lindsay. I recently discovered your podcast while I was doing long commutes home from work while pregnant. Listening to a horror podcast is probably not smart when you're driving down unlit backwoods roads at 2 a.m. in rural North Carolina, but I'm still alive, (laughs) even if I'm scared of my own shadow. I've been a pagan witch for the last 15 years, and I am also some sort of medium, but I use that word lightly since I'm terrified after the things I've seen to make contact. I'm here to tell you about the house of my childhood, which was infested with some sort of non-human entity that really did not like me. I grew up in Queens, New York in a Mm. two-family home that my grams owned. It was constructed like a private community, but the committee acted more pretentious than the neighborhood actually was. The houses were all connected. My grams bought hers in the 1980s when her twins, one of which was my mom, were teenagers. My mom's twin sister had a daughter, Beth, who my grams had guardianship of. My mom had me in 1992. She and my dad occupied the downstairs apartment. Beth, grams, and sometimes my uncle lived upstairs. I grew up in a very volatile environment. My parents were physically and verbally abusive to one another, leading to the cops being called on a weekly basis. I was always very scared. I used to hide in my closet, even though growing up, I was terrified of it. I was also scared to walk down the hallway by myself, even in broad daylight. 
I always felt like someone was watching me. I moved out with my parents when I was 13, and when we did, Beth and her husband moved into our apartment. When I was 21, I moved back into the house, but this time upstairs with Graham's in Beth's old bedroom. Even before I moved back in, I had spent a lot of time at Beth's house because the two of us were very close. She had changed the living room setup of the apartment so that the couch was now facing the walkway that would lead you away from the kitchen. The hallway went past the bathroom and then went into the only bedroom. While sitting on the couch, I would regularly see a tall, lanky, human-like form of a shadow walk from the bedroom, pause at the bathroom to stare at me, and then disappear in the direction of the kitchen. It would then retrace its own steps again maybe an hour later. It scared the shit out of me every time, but especially when I would sleep over and spend the night on the couch. Still, I never told anyone because I thought they would laugh at me and call me crazy, just like they did when I began practicing witchcraft. One day, when I saw the lanky shadow person doing its normal walk out of the corner of my eye, I paid it no mind, but then Beth's head snapped in the direction of the figure. I watched her track the shadow's movements. Then she turned to me and said, You know, I feel like I'm crazy sometimes. I've been seeing this shadow for years. I was so relieved that I wasn't the only one and that it wasn't a figment of my imagination. However, that relief faded when we started swapping stories and she told me that and she told me what she believed to be the origin of the shadow. When she was a teenager, her and two of her friends decided to hold a séance in their bedroom, which was now my bedroom. One of her friends had brought a cousin along whom Beth didn't know very well. They began the séance and felt that nothing was happening when suddenly the friend's cousin began flipping out. She went into the kitchen, grabbed a butcher knife, and began threatening everyone. Beth and one of her friends were so scared that they locked themselves in the bathroom while the other friend tried to calm her cousin down. While they were hiding in the bathroom, the crazy cousin was grabbing loose-leaf paper and filling it with writing from back to front and slipping it under the bathroom door. The writing was all backwards. Beth had to hold it up to the mirror in order for them to read it. I don't know about you guys, but I have to concentrate if I'm writing even just a few words backwards, never mind entire pages of threats. Eventually, the cousin calmed down and Beth asked her to leave. Since then, Beth always felt uneasy at home. I asked her where she had found the instructions for the seance because, you know, some seances are rituals that require you to close the veil that you've just opened. She was dumbfounded by my question and just shrugged. I immediately did a cleansing of the home. But like I said, the houses were all attached. So any cleansing I did do, unless I could do it on all of the homes, they were attached to mine and it would eventually wear off enough, allowing the spirit the ability to return. For the next couple of years, we experienced a really high level of activity intermittently. Random things like curtains and blinds moving for no explanation or the shadow showing itself always moving back and forth. Then Beth got pregnant. And from the moment she got pregnant, the activity would not stop. I lived there until he was son, but until he was four, my godson will now be eight this year. I had to try really, Beth had to try really hard to get pregnant. It took them a few years and many doctor's visits later, we were all thrilled to learn when she was finally pregnant. The shadow continued to do its normal walk, but as I lived upstairs, I rarely saw it anymore. One night I was lying in bed with my cat, Isis. My lights were off and I was praying in my head my usual nightly prayers where I asked for Beth to continue to be healthy and for the baby to grow safe and healthy inside of her. However, as I said the words, the baby, in my head, a voice whispered in my, hear- my ear, the baby? 
I jumped up and reached frantically for my lamp. I turned it on, and the room was empty, save for my pale and alarmed reflection in the mirrored doors of my closet. But Isis, my sweet, very docile cat, well, her hair was up. I scooped her up along with a pillow and a blanket and slept on the couch in the living room, and then I slept there for the next four months. I was quickly becoming suspicious that whatever entity was haunting this house was non-human. Grams had bought the house when it was freshly built, and my great-grandmother had died in the home in 1988, but this didn't feel or behave like a human spirit. Activity continued in spurts until my godson was born, and then he grew up watching the shadow's movements and talking to it. One day, when he was one and a half, he was doing his usual activity of sitting in the doorway of the bedroom, poking his head in and babbling. But it wasn't normal baby babble. He was whispering his little babbles in the room quietly, like he didn't want us to hear. And whenever we asked him what he was doing, he would turn back to us wide-eyed and put his fingers to his lips and shush us. That particular day, I got fed up. Not only was this creepy as hell, but whatever the spirit was needing, but whatever this spirit was, it needed to leave my godson alone. I stood up, walked into the bedroom, and said authoritatively, Whatever you are, you need to leave my godson the fuck alone. <laughs> Do you understand me? And then I went upstairs into my apartment about an hour later. I walked past the dining room and into the kitchen and felt a breeze pass me, followed by an overwhelming sense of fear. I turned around in the doorway of the kitchen just as the chandelier, which had been hanging over the dining room table for the last 20 years, came loose from the ceiling and swung right at me. I screamed, and Beth must have heard me as she came upstairs to see me shocked and terrified. My godson's face was locked into a wide-eyed stare of fear. After that, he never talked to the spirits again. If he had to walk through even a semi-dark area of the house, he would reach for my hand. Things continued to move around in the house. I would hear footsteps and feel something sit on the edge of my bed, but it wasn't until my mom moved back in that I finally saw the spirit. My mom fell on hard times and ended up moving into the third bedroom in my grandma's apartment. My mom is a narcissist, and she always finds a need to make a problem where there is none. She began this shit the moment she moved back in. A few months after she was living with us, her and Beth got into a really bad fight that caused a split in our family. I was pissed at my mom and that I now had to share a living space with her. The activity was so bad by now. I believed it was all due to the negative energy built up in the home. Beth woke up one night to use the bathroom, and the shadow was standing next to her china cabinet. She stared at it as it grew and grew and grew until it was stretched across the ceiling towards her. She ran back to her room. I was dating my now husband, and the activity was carrying over even to his home. This is a man who is still and always was a bit skeptical of the paranormal. He ended up calling me one night to tell me to handle my shit at my house because when he returned home from dropping me off, a shadow figure now ran down his hallway and then through him. The final straw for me was when one night I was watching a show on my laptop in my bed. I began to feel uneasy and decided it was time to go to sleep. As I closed the laptop, I saw the spirit dead on. It was crouched next to my bed, staring at me. It had an androgynous face with dark blonde hair slicked back. It had no irises, its eyes were black, and its skin, which I think freaked me out the most, was a pale white, so pale it almost seemed tinged with a green. We stared at each other for what felt like forever until I pulled my blanket up over my head and went to sleep. Now I know that Lindsay hates unresolved endings, Mm -hmm. so I'm sorry, but I moved the fuck out. After seeing it, I never wanted to go home. My now husband and I got our own apartment, got married, and moved to North Carolina. We now live in a beautiful home, and our son is three months old. 
But something weird happened here recently. Over the summer, before we had the house renovated, I was playing with my cats in what is now my son's nursery. I felt something watching me again. Athena, our cat, was staring at the door behind me and jumped in front of me in a battle stance growling at the empty doorway. Unfortunately, Grams passed away in October, two weeks before I gave birth. My mom now has to sell the house, and Beth has also moved out. I can't shake the feeling that whatever was there may have followed me to where I am now. From weird things happening while I was pregnant to the thing that happened just last week. I was just, it was just my son and I. I woke up at 2.13 a.m. I needed to use the bathroom. I left my son sleeping in the bed and went to the bathroom. While I was in there, I started to feel extremely nauseous. Then I heard my son cooing from the other room. I got up and went back to my room to discover my son had somehow moved from the bed into the bassinet next to it. My husband was standing over him with his back to me, but I knew my husband wasn't home, and I didn't hear the house alarm go off to alert me of his arrival. When did you get in? I asked. My husband turned around, smiling, except it was not him. Well, it was his face, but it was stretched in an impossible leer that went up to his ears, and it was purely evil. There's no other way to describe it. Before I could react, I woke up. My heart was racing. Thankfully, it was only a dream. My son was lying next to me. I needed to use the bathroom really badly, just like I had in my dream. I reached for my phone to check the time. 2.13 a.m. You bet your ass I didn't get up. I grew insanely nauseous, though, in an instant, and then my son woke up. He started smiling and babbling, looking at something just behind me where his bassinet was. I did not turn around. I just nursed my son until we both fell asleep. And then just yesterday, I started hearing banging and knocking coming from the empty guest room. I am scared, but I do think I am now better prepared to deal with this entity than I was 10 years ago. Hopefully. Thanks for listening. Love your show and love the baby Baphomet. (laughs) Keep it up, Heather. I don't know where baby Boph is. I think we hit him away because people were very upset about him. (laughs) Uh, Who was the, uh, you said Heather? Heather. Yeah. uh, Yeah, that was a good story. I mean, scary. Yeah, just like her to deal with. Yeah. But but I don't know. She seems so calm. Yeah. Like she feels, I mean, she says she's scared, and I get that. However, she also seems fairly rational about it all. And, and it all started, uh, and apologies if I'm not remembering this correctly, but it all started with that um, Ouija board thing like 10 years back, right? It, it, that when the kid was trying to like pass notes or under the door. Yeah, and, I mean, and more than 10 years ago. But, that, but that's when it started, right? There was no activity prior to that. As far as they know, yeah. So yeah. my understanding is that Heather... Okay, well, first of all, the housing situation is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of like like rows of townhouses all connected. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what like, I was picturing too. Yeah, okay. And so- There's no space between houses. Right, like everyone has one. I guess row, if you're row on- Row houses? Is that what they call that? Row houses maybe? Maybe, because it's like, I guess if you were on an end, you would only have one shared wall. Yeah. But if you were in the middle, you would have both mm-hmm. shared walls. Yeah, I've seen those. And so, excuse me- Um. The grandma owned one. Yeah. And so, you know, it's or like, you know, so they were side by side or yeah. up and down. And Heather used to live in this one and Beth used to live in that one. And then they swapped at some point because one moved out, one moved in. Like it just kind of sounds like a, a family situation where it's kind of like rotating where everybody was. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like Heather had always seen and felt something, but never said anything to anyone. And then one day, as they're in their adult years, after Heather's moved back back in, Beth has moved back in with her partner, Beth like 
you know, offhandedly says that she sees something Mm -hmm. or has been seeing something. And then her and Heather start to discuss like, well, how long have you been seeing it? What have you seen? And then Beth confesses to the seance that happened many years prior when she herself was just a teenager. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. If that, uh, going over that again. Yeah. I like that detail in the story about the writing backwards. Cause I, cause my, the way she clarified it, because my first thought was, well, yeah, anybody could write backwards. Like when I was picturing this kid running around with a knife, like going and grabbing the knife and terrorizing them. Yeah. I was picturing like the weird kid who's just like doing it for attention. Totally. Um, using that as an excuse. Oh, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh-huh. Uh, rationalizing, terrorizing people. Cause I remember talking about like ghosts and I can't remember the exact place I was in but they were we were talking about spirits and stuff when I was a little kid and some other little kid started acting crazy yeah and I'm like oh you were just waiting to do that kind of thing sure but then when she talked about the amount that he was writing on the notes he was passing under the bathroom door yeah I wish there was like um I mean no one would ever do this but I wish they had like timed him like <laughs> like he wrote 17 sentences in 60 seconds yeah because I really liked her point of because I have tried to write backwards. So hard. It is very difficult to do it like correctly where you would like, I remember doing that as a kid yep. where you try and write something backwards so that when you pop it in the mirror, it appears correctly. Yeah. And usually I would screw it up the first few attempts and be like, oh wait, I have to like do the letters this way. Yes, yes, yes. Because it, it's against our natural inclination. Yeah, it just, it just takes a lot of concentration. Mm-hmm. And so if you were doing that quickly and pat, like that would freak me out if a note comes under the door bunch of sentences on it, written it backwards, hold up to the mirror. It actually holds up. It says a bunch of threatening shit. And then 30 seconds later, another note comes under the door that you can tell they wrote quickly. Yeah. Also backwards. That would be enough for me, just that one incident to believe that there was something demonic, something otherworldly was going on there. I think so too. Because I'm like, you can't do that. You can't do that as a normal person. Yeah. I, I, I mean. No one I know. No. And, and like, especially a kid, I just don't think a kid is that. They would have uh, had to have practiced that. Yeah. Like, uh, I was going to say not manipulative, but uh, premeditated. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, you would have to oh, really yeah. been practicing yep. this. Just, I'm just waiting for that chance that right. I get to, you know, be a part of a seance. <laughs> I know. Get out of here. Yep. You're just practicing writing backwards over and day after day after day waiting for the possible yeah. seance. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, I think like when you're trying to do something quickly, your natural instincts kick in mm-hmm. and so it would be very difficult to get all the letters backwards yeah you know it's like if just the e's were backwards i would think like bullshit mm-hmm. but no yeah that's creepy yeah and then the fact that it like it seems attached to her mm-hmm. and has followed, followed her, her new place that chandelier falling down was really oh strange. yeah like that have been there years and years and years and like a big kind of sound like a big centerpiece like yeah. a really cool chandelier that all of the sudden when she told this thing to leave her godson alone yeah breaks free yeah yeah and the godson mm-hmm. wasn't afraid of it and then he was and I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then like the the dream that Waking she has. Waking up and her baby is looking over her shoulder, mesmerized by something <sighs> behind her. And anytime there's a dream. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. Anytime there's a dream and then you wake up and you're like, oh, thank God it was just a dream. But then mm-hmm. it starts to play itself out in real time. That is very upsetting. Yep. yep. Yeah. I've been having wild dreams. And you know what I just found out? Huh. Melatonin can give you crazy dreams if your body already produces enough melatonin or has an abundance of melatonin. So you're giving yourself a surplus? Yeah. So if you take melatonin and then you have wicked dreams, very they don't have to be scary, but just like intense, weird, strange, very vibrant, then the next day you should be like, okay, melatonin is not the thing I should be using to sleep. In Hmm. that case, you should be taking like magnesium. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just learned that. Fun fact. Fun fact. Okay, now can I tell you one more story? Yeah. About a chicken named Beauty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange I know it's such name. a silly name, mm-hmm. but you're going to hate it in just a minute. Okay. It's a, it's a quick hitter. And this story, 
Uh, we were working late last night mm-hmm. after going to 8,000 hours worth of kids sporting events, uh-huh. literally from four. Well, let's see. We left here at three and we got home at, oh, I don't know, like 930. Yeah. Yeah. Little yeah stinkers. It was like a half, well, half hour, 40 minutes to get to the first one. And then it was two hours of soccer. And then it was a half hour, but we also had to grab food. So it took us about an hour to get to the next game. And then that game lasted a couple hours and then about 45 minutes home. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were hopped up on coffee mm-hmm. and donuts from Donut Parade. <laughs> yep, yep. And we, we we had a study buddy college date last night. It was very cute. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I was working on this last night and I, like the dogs got up and barked a few times. I was very anxious last night. And then I made you hold on to me very tightly to sleep. Ugh. Hey, Dan. Hey, Lindsay. I've been a fan of your podcast for about a year now. And as far as creeps and peepers go, I'm definitely a peeper. All right, let's get into my story. This story still haunts me today and probably will continue to haunt me until the day I die. When I was about 12, I had a fierce love for all types of creatures, from the bugs I find revolting now to the critters that sneak into my pantry at night. 12-year-old me would constantly go outside searching for critters I couldn't dream of touching now. One early Montana morning, I was just finishing collecting my fair share of grasshoppers to feed to our chickens when I caught out of the corner of my eye what seemed to be a person. He wore what appeared to be a deer skull with antlers. As I turned to see the strange man, I found nothing. I shrugged it off, although later, much later, I realized I should have questioned what that man was doing and just who he was. I went to feed the chickens, and to my surprise, I found four of the five hens we owned were in a terrible frenzy. And by frenzy, I mean frenzy. They were terrified. I opened the gate and finally was able to clear the flock when I noticed one was missing. My chicken, who I called Beauty, had disappeared. I quickly got my father and together we searched for any signs of her. Our search came up empty. That night, as I lay dejectedly in my bed, I heard a soft tapping coming from my bedroom window. Not wanting to wake the whole house, I tiptoed to the window, drawing back the curtain. Right in front of me stood Beauty. (laughs) I grabbed the window about to open it when I noticed something was off about her. Beauty's normally black eyes seemed to have taken on a human-like quality. And if I looked closely, her feathers seemed dull somehow. I grabbed my flashlight to see if I was just imagining it all. I had just convinced myself that I was imagining it all as I flicked on the light. And the minute the beam hit her eyes, they seemed to glow with a demonic red. I stumbled back, gasping. As I quickly dove under my bed, I heard whispers. At first, I could block them out, but then they seemed to grow louder and louder. Let me in, let me in, let me in, they said. And when I failed to oblige, they turned into a jumble sort of curse and threat. Eventually, the being started to scratch at my window. I lied under my bed for what felt like hours before I guess I finally drifted off to sleep. When I woke up, I rushed outside to see the damage the creature had done. My window was covered in cracks, and my window screen was shredded to pieces. Right next to my window were tracks, much too large for an animal of reasonable size, but much too small for a human. I scanned the area, finding only a lone black feather to signal the creature was ever even there. That encounter was the only one I have ever had. My father, to this day, thinks I'm absolutely crazy. (laughs) Haley. Haley. 
what a crazy story. Like some little possessed chicken or it's like the chicken that was, had something attached to it that was a bigger thing. That's what I think. I think, like, I don't know. Like, okay, there's so many possibilities here. She yeah. saw that man with like the deer head on. Was that really a man who was like a, like a total weirdo, creepy kind of like just, I don't know, meth head. And then it also killed the chicken and put the chicken head on. Oh my God. Cause she says you can't put a chicken head on a chicken head is way too small. But for I'm it. just like trying yeah. to think of like options of like, 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 was it really a chicken head or was it just like feathers like matted to yeah. his oh, head? Yeah. Cause she says it has human like eyes and the feathers look really dull. But, like, she, but she didn't say the chicken was like way bigger in the window no she didn't but she just is like very confused about like <laughs> sorry i can't stop picturing <laughs> someone cutting a normal sized chicken's head off <laughs> it would sit on top of their head like a little monopoly piece like and then like like you would so clearly Obviously. notice it <laughs> or his picture like the guy with like the ultimate pinhead like he has the tiniest head that he can i don't think you're allowed to say pinhead uh, just like a teeny tiny head. Well, that's what a, the term for a, like if you had like the tiniest head. Um, I don't know what else to call it, but um, that is so funny to me. Okay, but on a <laughs> on, on a scary level, <laughs> oh boy, I've ruined it. Uh, no, this scared me the fuck out yeah, last night. Creepy. I, well, it is creepy, and like last night I heard like scratching at our um, the windows like in the living room, but that's like a sound I hear frequently. It must be oh boy, you can't contain it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can just see it in your face. <laughs> you make this face where you like bite your bottom lip and yeah. you just look like a 12-year-old boy who just saw boobs for yeah, the I'm first just, time. I'm trying not to laugh. And I just keep thinking about you not bumping on like a dude wearing a chicken head as a mask. I just picture you I like- I said not a mask. I said like he like covered his head in the feathers. Right, right, like he right, killed right. it. And like, but, okay. she, but like, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like that she- like she never mentions that like the chicken is yeah. like some like huge and like and she says smaller than a human based but on the big, tracks based on the tracks so it's like like yeah some kind of skinwalker situation with the deer head and then this thing well that's what I'm trying to figure yeah. out I was like was it was it a person like just a deranged person out in the woods trying to scare people right I don't know like what was it I mean I guess there could I don't know if this is possible but like could do chickens ever go rabid. Cause like I guess if it got out, but like that's so weird that it would like specifically be like a rabid chicken. I know, and then like that it would like specifically go to her window. Like it could just be like. I mean, I guess or, a chicken could. I think like feral, I, I would I think, guess is the I would think a chicken could be rabid. Where if like a rabid squirrel, raccoon, whatever like that, usually I think they would kill the chicken. Yeah, like a raccoon would. But like uh, maybe a rabid squirrel. I mean, it's so random, but it's tiny chance that a chicken could be rabid. I guess, which is. Chickens are just such a funny animal to me. <laughs> like it's just, a, it's a hard, I don't want to like, like keep laughing, but it's so hard specifically because of a chicken yeah. to picture it being menacing. Oh, I see. Well, I don't think of it actually being a chicken. Right. I mean, that's like the form that it shows up yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I don't know. I, I didn't think Skinwalker, it's so funny, like Skinwalker yeah. was not a part of like folklore for me growing up. Mm. And the, I didn't know about Skinwalkers until you covered Skinwalker Ranch. And I was like, what the fuck are those? Yeah. So it's never my go-to. But as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know what else it could be. Yeah. Some kind of shapeshifter. Yeah. Which is what a Skinwalker is. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 Hmm, weird story. Yeah, but it, it, Haley, it, I feel like Dan and your dad would have a good chuckle about this. I am team Haley. No, I am too. I am too. I don't it, think you are. I, no, I just, I, I I got stuck on the visual of the normal sized man with a little tiny chicken head. <laughs> no one said that. I know, but that's where my brain went. A normal sized man with a little tiny chicken head peeking in the window. Um, but uh, 
Like people do dress up as chickens. Like that's not like no, yeah, to- totally. It's not a costume that doesn't exist in the world, Chicken Joe. Yeah, true. And then I was just thinking about other animals like that are not normally creepy looking. That could be creepy, like like the dogs. All of a sudden, Penny had you. E- evil looking right. Yeah, I'm just laughing at you because I see your focus. You're trying so hard. <laughs> I am. I am. But I. But I do. The creepy part of that story to me was like, okay, Penny and Gigi. Yeah. So cute to us. No part of them is ever menacing to me. But all of a sudden, if one of them just took on a completely different persona and their eyes changed, mm-hmm. that would be so creepy. This thing that is normally super cute, yep. all of a sudden having like an evil presence is very scary. Yeah. So I'm with you. Kind of. I am. Haley, I'm with you. I am too, Haley. I Don't let her you. turn uh, you against me. <laughs> I want Haley to send us some messages like, fuck down. <laughs> just skips through the podcast until you get to your stories every week. Just can't even stand to like, ugh. She just like tells her dad that he's going on like a special birthday trip and like her dad just shows up here and he's like, I don't know, Haley sent me. And then you and her dad, Jimbo, go out for beers and just make fun of me and Haley. That's what, that's what I envision. <laughs> yeah, Jimbo sounds great. <laughs> oh, I was so scared of that story. The dogs yeah. were like freaking out last night too because as I was finishing this up, uh, do you remember Penny all of a sudden just like started like growling and went to the front windows? Mm-hmm. No reason. Yeah. No reason whatsoever. And then she went and she walked by the front door and was like peering out. Who knows? I don't like you right now. Okay. <laughs> do you want to do some Annabelle shout outs? You can go first. My brain, I, I, it's like intrusive thoughts. I can't even help it. I know. Why I started to smile there because I was picturing Gigi's growling. She looks out the window and the little tiny chicken just pops his head out like, like from, from, from the side of the house over into the window and glares at her. Get out of here, you little rascal chicken, you. <laughs> rascal chicken. Yeah. Oh my God. All right, I'll go first so okay. Dan gets his shit together. Well, I'd like to thank the following Annabelles for all being on Team Haley. Dontre Hooker, Shadow Thomas, Will, Elizabeth Hagar, Greg Barrens, Slama, S-L-L-L-A-M-A, Slama. That's got to be like a joke. Like a- uh, Maybe, yeah. Like a- that's too many L's. Uh, Kiara Early, Cynthia, Marcy Dunn, Bryce Affelt, and Amanda Shannon, Scott T, and Norwegian Shield Maiden. I like <laughs> that's you. That's awesome. Shield Maiden. That's awesome. I want you to take your shield and just Dan. Oh, man. Yeah, you're in big trouble. Uh, I would like to thank the following Annabelles. I also like Haley. Uh, Kristen Hoffman, Tiffany Ditterline, Anna Banana, Brittany Boswell. Deborah Calfo, Melissa Ehlers or Ellers, Mike Ehlers, like Ehlers Daniels. Ehlers. Oh, okay. Uh, Melissa Ehlers, Mike, Eric Own, Bo DeSatva, Jordan Abney, and Evil Chicken Monster. All right. Well, here's spoopy shout outs to Haley from Lindsay. You're my favorite. <laughs> to Jacob from your mom, Bridget. Happy birthday to the best kid ever. I'm thankful to be your mom and I love you. This is a funny one. Not to Scout, not from Brandon. This is a not shout out, not for Scout, who definitely does not deserve this, even though you think you do. Eventually, you will understand that every time I slay dragons, they melt my electronics (laughs) and perpetually prevent me from getting you a shout out. (laughs) To Sarah from Sarah. Sorry. To Sarah from Sarah. Hi, me. You handle shit pretty well, so don't you forget that. To Grizzly Bear from Kitty Cat and our mini creeper spawns. Happy birthday. And to Jordan from Andrew, congrats on your new album. Super proud of you and your band, Solemn Road. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, one more th- thing about chickens. 
Did you ever listen to that? Are you familiar with the Alice in Chains song Rooster? No, I probably am. It's probably it's like yeah. it's a it's a hit of theirs. It was yeah. a hit of theirs. I was never into Alice in Chains, but oh, I think I, I know that. the song. Um, now I'm just that it's on repeat in my head. Oh boy! But it has a complete like there's like a little music video going in my head. But the, the basic like the chorus is yeah they come to snuff the rooster oh yeah but it's like you know he ain't gonna die. singing in my ears. <laughs> But it's about this rooster that's not going to die. It's, it's about a v- guy in Vietnam, actually. But now in my brain, it's about this fucking badass chicken monster thing. That's like, you can't kill the rooster. They're just like out in the hen house, the rooster just demonized. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, I, I just, I can't, I can't come to your side on this. I'm not even trying to be, have you be on my side. I like the story, but my brain's in a different, the story inspired a lot of random thoughts that I can't help. And that's our show. Creeps, peepers, and chickens. Thank you for continuing to... Oh, no. Do we have a new character here? I don't even know what that category would be. Thank you for continuing to send in your personal tales of terror to my story. Chickens would be like neither creep nor peeper, just like so terrified. That's a a creepy though. I mean, a peeper though, really. No, because a peeper keeps coming back for more, even though they're scared. A chicken is like, I'm just fucking out. Yeah, like we wouldn't wouldn't have chickens. People would, would refuse to listen to the show. Chickens are like, I listened to one episode and I had to leave. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks for continuing to send in your personal tales of terror. My story at scared to death podcast.com. You can email us for everything else at info at scared to death podcast.com. Thanks to Logan Keith and Tyler C for their work on social media and to Logan again for running badmagicmarch.com. Thanks to Tyler C for producing and directing today. Zach Cohen, uh, sorry, uh, actually Logan, Logan Keith, uh, producing director today. Sorry, Logan. Zach Cohen oh, for custom. Oh no, now you're doing what the camp people do. <laughs> oh my God. You guys, we've been having meetings with camp no counselors for months and they just, I don't know why, but every time they're like, okay, so Logan, and they'll look directly at Tyler. And then every, every time they say Tyler, they'll look directly at Logan. <laughs> <laughs> that was just an update where it's like, it's sw- they switch back and forth. Yeah. And so uh, I just failed to update that. Um, but yeah, thanks to Zach Cohen, custom soundbag creation, Heather Ryland, and I keep thinking about chicken stuff. Thanks to Heather Rylander for organizing the My Story emails and to our book editor, Drew Atana, for polishing and preparing listener stories for book number four. Thanks to producer Sophie Evans for finding the first story I told this week. Uh, and Olivia Lee found the second. Subscribe to Bad Magic Productions on YouTube if you'd like to watch this show. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram if you want more content and to see pictures that accompany each episode at Scared to Death Podcast. And we have a private Facebook group, Creeps and Peepers, with so many horror-loving members. You can now follow us on TikTok as well, at Scared to Death Podcast. Check out some special moments and highlights from episodes. And if you don't want to hear any ads, if you want less chicken talk, if you want monthly bonus episodes and more, check out our Patreon. Get the entire catalog ad-free and more. Enjoy your nightmares, creeps and peepers. Keep an eye on the hen house and hope you were scared to death. You're such an ass. If spirits threaten me in this place, fight water by water and fire by fire. Banish their souls into nothingness and remove their powers until the last trace. Let these evil beings flee through time and space. Evil may pass through, but have no home here within scared to death. And Magic Productions. You want to take everything from me, asshole? Go ahead, but I'm not fucking weak. Whatever you are, whatever pit you live in, you're a bitch. You don't have the balls to come for me in real life. You know where to find me if you want to fucking fight. You know he ain't gonna die. 
Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats, like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate <laughs> is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. I was shocked, you know. They were always such a good team. So successful. But to do something like that? To exceed their budget? While being over budget might not be a crime, it can disrupt workflows. With Monday.com, you and the team can be sure that you're all in sync. All the data, latest updates, files, and budgets are visible to everyone, so you won't miss a thing. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.